Coming up on this episode, we're recapping Super Bowl 55 from Tampa Bay and and going through all of our prop bets to find out who was the winner. Stick around. It all starts right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 199, recorded February 11th, 2021, Super Bowl 55, Tampa Bay style. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate show where the two hosts agree on everything. I am Sean Jennings, joined as always by a man who lives for the weekend, Matt Mariani. Hello, Matt. Hello, Sean. How are you, how are you doing in this post-Super Bowl world? I mean... I never thought I'd live in a world where Tampa Bay was the city of champions. And uh, I was wrong. I really didn't either. Honestly, I think before this year, I didn't really think much about the city of Tampa Bay at all. And honestly, I still don't. But I I still th- I think that uh, something, something in the water there, obviously, with uh, the success recently of the uh, three sports franchises, something going on. The Lightning are champions, perennially almost. They're very good. Um, the Rays were just in a World Series, and now we got the uh, Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Matt, I've got a great thing here. Top10Travelist.com writes, 19 fun facts you may not know about Tampa Bay. Would you like to know some? I would. I, I really know nothing about the city of Tampa Bay. Tampa is home to the world's longest continuous sidewalk. The Bayshore Boulevard in downtown Tampa at 4.5 miles long earns the title of the world's longest continuous sidewalk. Interesting. Long sidewalk. Uh, Did you know that Tampa's temperature has never exceeded 99 degrees? That's kind of unbelievable. Now, with the heat index, it can feel warmer, but because it's right on the ocean... um, it never actually has exceeded 99. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But it, it's it's definitely like very, very muggy down there, I'm sure. Yes. Mm. Um, humidity. It's not the heat, right? It's the humidity. Exactly. That's where they get you. Um, this one I think is kind of cheating. Bird watching is a popular pastime. Come on. I think that's no, really a that's Tampa thing. You could say that about any, anywhere. I know lots of places in Jersey that are better bird watching places than Tampa. Did you know that? No, that's yeah. These are getting worse as the, as the list goes on. Lots of popular movies filmed in the area, Matt, would you like to know what movies filmed in the Tampa area? What movies? Uh, Ezard's Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Goodfellas. Uh, Magic Mike. With the with the Channing Tatum, um, did you know that Babe Ruth hit his longest home run in Tampa in April 1919 during a spring training game? The baseball legend hit a record-breaking 587-foot homer. That's crazy. That's wow. That is quite a feat. 
And that's it for fun. That's all Tampa has to offer. Yeah, I would probably not go to Tampa unless somebody paid me to. But they're I, also I really home for fun. They're also home to the world champion, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's right, Sean. This is not about the Tampa Bay area and its, uh, I guess, adequateness, medio- mediocrity. It's about being more than mediocre. Medi- mediocre. <laughs> it's about being more than mediocre. It's about being the uh, Super Bowl champions, and that's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. That's right, Matt. The, uh, the game occurred this past Sunday in Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, against your Kansas City Chiefs. The mm. Bucs take home the win, 31-9, Tom Brady being named Super Bowl MVP, Matt. Before we get into our prop bets, what do you think of the game? What do you think of the day? Sean, uh... I mean, what can I say other than I thought it was the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched in my entire life? Um, as you know, I had no dog in the fight. I had no no real desire to see either team even in the game, let alone one winning over the other. Uh, I think we discussed previously this was our nightmare scenario, quote unquote. These were the two very worst teams that of all of all playoff teams to possibly play each other. And this is the outcome that we got. It's the outcome that we deserve. Um, It's very fitting for 2020, just being all around terrible. Uh, The Chiefs, I I don't think I've ever seen Chiefs slaughtered like that since Wounded Knee Massacre. Uh, uh, Too soon. That's going to get us demonetized. And it only took five seasons, six seasons, however long we've been doing this. Um. But I've had that one in my back pocket all week. So now I finally used it. I'm, I'm happy about it. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I personally love the halftime show. I will say that. That's, a, I guess, a controversial opinion because not many people did. But I thought it was a good – I thought it was a fine show. Uh, Matt, I totally disagree with you on a game. It was – Rams-Patriots was absolutely worse than this game. Okay. So I thought about this because I, I I see your point. I see why you would say Rams Patriots was a worse game. The difference here is that um, I guess I refuse to acknowledge the Rams Patriots game because that was the no call year, and it should have been the Saints in the in the oh, Super Bowl. I'm rolling my but eyes for the folks at home. Asterisk next to that game. Okay, so in years of legitimately recognizable Super Bowls. And I'm not on my own here. There's I have I have literally dozens of people that agree with me that you cannot recognize Super Bowl 53. Um, but this one was worse because it had a just a worse outcome. Tampa Tampa Bay, Sean, Tampa Bay became the first city to host and win a Super Bowl in the same year. But that's kind of awesome. It's that's- not awesome. There's nothing awesome about it. I that. think it's cool. Listen, Matt. I think it's, it's dirty. Here's what I'll say about the game. It was not a great game. It was not a great. It was a blowout. Here's what I appreciate. And I actually enjoyed watching the game. And I think it was because, unlike Rams Patriots, there was a lot of scoring. Now, it was on one side, but at least there were a lot of touchdowns to watch, a lot of plays being made. So that was good. The big difference also with Rams Patriots is the reason that was such a low scoring game is two great defenses held the offenses to doing nothing, right? 
But what I preach about this is obviously Tampa Bay's defense, I think the world agrees, really won them that Super Bowl. Tom Brady was good, don't get me wrong, but it really was Tampa Bay's defense that was out of control, great that game. But goddamn, you know, we talked about this last week. Not a real Chiefs fan, not a real Pat Mahomes fan, but I got to tell you, I gained so much respect for that guy watching this game because he never quit. He was hobbling around the field. He was throwing passes, running around as late as he could to keep a play alive, just getting hammered all night long. And even when his teammates were gassed and giving up, he never stopped the whole game. It gave me a new respect for him and the Chiefs. And I'd rather see a game where even though it's a blowout, the loser never stops fighting than two kind of defeated teams playing each other in a low scoring game. So no, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great game. But it was actually interesting to watch. I disagree there. I I, I say that it okay. I Pat Mahomes' performance was incredible. I think somebody after the game, one of the Tampa Bay players said he's a magician, just like a straight up magician, and that's the way he appeared. Was uh, just just un, in, making incredibly athletic moves, um, always trying to to get to get back in the game. But the thing was, Sean, he was never in the game. Like. After the first quarter, it was the game was basically decided. But he, was, they still the kept going. Halftime. They still I, kept going, though. They still they made interesting there plays. Was, there was never a situation from the end of the second quarter on where I, I thought in my head, wow, the Chiefs have a chance. They could actually do this. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. It was never going to happen. I saw the, 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 the Bucks were the defense. Tampa Bay's defense was playing out of their mind, like you said. Um, a, a lot of that was was in part due to the 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 myriad injuries that the um, the Chiefs O line was facing before the game. But I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. The uh, Tampa Bay's defense was out of control, um, and uh, you're right. Pat Mahomes was trying his best to to rally, but like every time he made an incredible pass, his receiver would drop the ball. Or he made an incredible pass, and and the receiver the receiver ran the wrong route. He kind of called them out a little bit and 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 kind of threw them under the bus in the in his in his post game conference and I know it's not a good look for a quarterback to ever do that because they're supposed to shoulder all of the blame but I mean gosh he was right I thought he was right I thought that is it it really seemed like there was a disconnect between him and his receivers and to me Sean the bottom line is a good game means a game that I can be invested in until the very end. Eagles-Patriots was a good well, look, game. No blowout. Patriots-Seahawks was a good game. Yeah, but, but those are close. No, look, for a blowout, this was a good game. I get it. Blowouts suck. Nobody likes a blowout. I will state for the record, though, so we're clear, it was 21-6 to at the half. That is not an insurmountable lead, especially with the Kansas City Chiefs. So I don't I, think it was that the way, they were playing, bad. the way they were playing seemed like it was insurmountable unless they had really made some kind of change at at, at halftime, some kind of locker room adjustment. I mean, the quality of play in the overall, first half just didn't seem up to up to snuff. But both teams had about the same number of yards. Both teams had about the same time of possession. It's just they never scored. I, I don't know. I, I, again, not a good game. Could have been a better Super Bowl. I didn't leave it at the end saying that was a waste of my time. I did not feel it was a waste of my time. 
and I'm, I'm disappointed people felt that way. Like I said, the biggest thing I took away from this game was a lot of respect for Patrick Mahomes. That's what I took away. Yeah, and I like I like you said Pat Mahomes performance made it worth made it worth staying in, tuned in and just enjoying the show. It's just it's like a movie you've already seen, I guess. It's yeah. like I kind of already know that I know how this is going to end, but I'll all right, I'll watch it anyway. That's kind of how I felt I guess in general about the game. Was it hyperbole for it to be the worst Super Bowl of all time? Maybe. Maybe. Uh Rams Patriots was definitely less exciting. Um, but if you're if you're a fan of good defense, you can make the argument that that was that was oh defensive battle defensive technically war. it was more interesting. But then again, you know Chiefs had the most exciting offense in the league coming into this game, and the Bucks shut them down. Hey, that's that's an interesting story, you know, and how they did that. But again, you got to be a kind of a hardcore football fan to really get excited about that. I will say, at the halftime show, I enjoyed quite a lot. I rewatched it tonight. Uh, before the show, uh, and I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was great. I was definitely a fan. We've talked about this on the show before. Uh, you know, my feeling on a good Super Bowl halftime show is it has to be a show. Do not put the Rolling Stones on a stage and have them sing a couple songs and leave, or the Black Eyed Peas, right? Stand on a stage, sing a couple songs. It's boring. I need somebody with some flair. I think uh, J-Lo and Shakira were a good example. Not really relevant artists, but they put on a damn good show and I was entertained, and I felt that way about this show where... It had style, it had an angle, it had a few unique elements. I definitely think people are undercounting how COVID affected it because very little of the halftime show was on the field. And when it was on the field, there were no large stage pieces. And my sneaking suspicion is that because of the number of people it takes to move those around and install them, they actually were trying to reduce the number of people involved uh, in the setup and activity of the show itself. I've, I, that's a guess. I don't know if that's true. But I think given the requirements, I thought it was a damn good show. It was very entertaining. I liked it. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Um, I would say, I would even venture to say it's, I think it was one of my more, one of my favorite shows of the decade. For I sure. I agree. Uh, one of the more memorable halftime shows. My favorite part, I think is the part that's getting memed right now, where he, he was wandering around the golden maze. And now people are making it see like, like me at Penn Station when my friends run after the train or like <laughs> me in the grocery store looking for my mom. It's like I, I enjoyed that part when he was inside of the set. He did a few things that um, you never really saw before. Like when he took the he took the camera and held it like throughout a, a large part of his performance. Um, that was that was kind of, you know, unique. I, I like I like seeing things that are different. I like when when the they try new things. Hell, even when we saw we watched the, they uh, they they had the magician show. That was at least something different um, that a halftime show had never had never done before, and I was, well, it was very very cool. It's fascinating to me. Very few. This one felt a lot more uh, personal. It felt a lot more up close and and singer focused. Usually because they shoot them from so far away, but because of this year, they were able to get right in there with the camera. Like you said, when he goes back behind those risers there, you're like, oh, shit, like it really was un you weren't suspecting it. And it was very cool, very stylish. I loved when when was the last time a singer and there was no stage on the field? It was just the him and a bunch of dancers taking up the entire field. Like it was really it was a really cool scene. It was chaotic. It felt very loose and unscripted, even though it clearly was. 
it felt very like bump into each other, kind of in the action, sort of. Um, and it really did have a great use of fireworks, I thought, to really accent what he was doing. Now, if you've seen, I also spent this evening watching some other weekend performances. All these are very much highlights of all of his performance. Lots of fireworks, lots of crazy camera stuff. Um, very much his style. I think it made a great halftime show. I really did. And it was it was captivating and it was it was entertaining. The music was good. I don't even think you had to know his music to really enjoy it because I think it's generic enough. Um, yeah, I, I was really impressed. And I hope the NFL moving forwards choose doesn't just choose. I think Justin Timberlake is a is a not good example of like don't just hire somebody because they're popular or hire them because they have a unique artistic vision on it. Where Justin Timberlake just goes and sings for a while and he's fine. But you don't remember any moments from that thing, right? I think get people in who are unique. And there, there was a campaign years ago. I don't know if they're still doing it to get Weird Al Yankovic to do the halftime show. Like, <laughs> do that. Like, just do something that's unique and interesting and not a bunch of people on a stage. So I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. Um, that the, the uh, do, do you have any like any insight? Why, why all the hate? I, I sense an unusual amount of – an in, inordinate amount of hate coming from this Super Bowl show, and I, I don't get it. I don't know why so many, it disappointed so many people. You know, I, I'm going to peg it to two things. One, I think I think moving forward, the halftime show is going to get more and more polarizing. I think you're going to see a lot of people just hate it for the sake of hating it because nobody knows what they want out of it, and so it's really easy to not like. But I think the other piece is that it wasn't it wasn't a traditional show and i just think people do want the like people on the stage perform i think you and i are not sort of the mainstream opinion on this and i and you know the weekend not as recognizable of a name as justin timberlake or somebody else who may perform lady gaga um and so i i, I don't I don't really know what it is. I, I think if the weekend had been able to do a show without COVID requirements, I think it would have been even more spectacular. I really do think that is an under, I don't, I think if people really took the time to think like what it took to put a show together with masks and social distancing and, and all these sorts of limitations. I mean, again, he put a bunch of his own money into this thing to get it done. Um, I think he deserves an asterisk for that and a, and a, and a handicap and, and really credit for a tough situation. So, no, I think it's bullshit that people are complaining. And also, who cares? It's a Super Bowl halftime show. As long as it's not bad, it doesn't have it to be great. I was going to say it. It wasn't, it wasn't the Black Eyed Peas. It wasn't no. that. <laughs> no, there have definitely been bad. Like, Maroon 5 was a bad show. We all hated that. But, like, the week, it was fine. He was fine. What are you whining about? I don't know. I just think it's such I a stupid thing to complain about. You pretty much hit it on the head. In order to, to for a, a Super Bowl halftime show to be worthy of complaining about, I think it would have to be of the of the the boring. It would have to be you'd be complaining about it because it was boring. And I don't think this was boring. I don't no, really understand. But I also think half of the Super Bowl viewers were like this year's halftime show, the Eagles. And I think half the audience would go nuts. You know, it's you just can't please all of America with one yeah. singer. It's very tough to do. So, you know, I appreciate them for looking younger and more modern versus some of these past acts that are a little more uh, sort of cross-generational that nobody is really excited about definitely does seem more like the complaints are coming from the boomer boomer white well, guy crowd. 
And to be fair, if I knew nothing about the weekend and nothing about modern culture and I watched that, it's like, what's with all the stupid masks on the people's faces? And like, that seems to be the big complaint that I'm, I'm just like, you know, that why does that bother you to the point? Like, why, why the hate? Why does that make and, you hate? The and if anything, appreciate that the guy did something weird and crazy. And also, by the way, again, another unfounded suspicion. I think that's a COVID thing. I know it's his style from his other videos and stuff, but I also think that they can get all of those dancers closer to each other if they're all wearing masks under the mask. Bingo. Yeah, and, and that was I, – I saw them wearing the masks underneath the mask. Yeah. And I immediate that was my immediate thought was, oh, this is like – a. I thought it was so smart. I was like, this is a dual you're, – you're, you're accomplishing two things here. You're getting you're, – you're, you're solving a logistical problem. And skirting around the um, like the logistics of getting people in a small space, uh, all on top of each other, and you're also making a statement about the pandemic and the times that we're in and things. But then I, I read about it online, and I guess it's it, it's been part of his performances for yeah. a while, and it, it's about the like chasing a false identity in Hollywood, or he's got a whole your identity to to suit Hollywood's needs or things like that. And it goes like each music video, it progresses and it's like a story and he always wears the red jacket, which I get. Hey, that's not for everybody. I get it. But also, damn it. It's his halftime show. Who cares if he wants to do it? I I will say if you get well, if you think he's creative, Matt, if you get the chance, go on YouTube, watch some of his other live performances. He did one for the Grammys, one for the American Music Awards. They are incredible because he do, he did one on the uh, the new observation deck in New York City that's on like their new tallest building or whatever. He did one where he's out there and there's a goddamn helicopter flying around him, shooting him as he's singing with a bunch of fireworks in the back. It's incredible, this guy. He he's he's done some really cool stuff. So good for them for picking. I'd much rather them pick someone unique that not everybody loves than a generic Paul McCartney, and then we all fall asleep. So You're right. Right. Um, Matt, uh, one other thing before we get into the bets uh, I want to talk about. There was one part of the Super Bowl I appreciated more than almost anything else. Look, it's been it's been a long year. It's been a long year. And a lot of things in our lives have been disrupted. And one thing that's really changed over the last year is television commercials. They've gotten sad. They've gotten personal. They've got, gone from we support our heroes to don't get sick and die to um, just a general malaise. I felt so good watching stupid over the top nonsense, Super Bowl commercials. It was probably my favorite part of the game when I'm like, what was the really, the Will Ferrell electric car one? Yes. I laughed so hard. It's like, what was the last time? Yes. And he had all the other celebrities. (laughs) (laughs) and then he gets there it's like this is sweden and then and i laughed so hard i'm like when was the last time i saw like a really truly like funny commercial yeah i i i was so happy because by the time we got to the super bowl all of those like uh all of those like deep meaningful somber commercials i had just grown completely numb to all of them so none of them really resonated with me at all what I what I honed in on were the funny and, and absurd ones, like you said. I love the my favorite, my personal favorite. I think of the day was the uh, the uh, the Doritos commercial with Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, and Shaggy came out and started rapping with them. Wasn't me. Yeah, great. Um, and uh, another another big shout out was was the uh, 
the Jason Alexander T-shirt for uh, that was, was a time commercial. It was so dumb, and it was great. I mean, I even liked the the Mountain Dew watermelon one. That was like it wasn't even good, but it was just like so weird and over the top. And I'm like, this is what I want a super like have a celebrity there for no reason doing some insane thing to get attention. It was great. That's what the Super Bowl is all about every year. But you remember a couple. What what was it right after Trump was elected when all the commercials were like, we love immigrants and we and we remember that very super political. Yeah. Budweiser had had a few immigrant spots. And it's yeah. like, no, just I, I want my dumbass commercial back. So that yeah. was great. That was a treat. The did, I was going to reference the uh, my cousin from Boston, the uh, Sam Adams commercial. Yep. Yep. Uh, that was a great, a great little uh, run at a little dig at Budweiser, who um, famously said they were not going to use the Clydesdales or even have an ad spot, which I wanted to ask you about because Bud Light had a commercial, Sean. They did Is the Bud Light Legends. Because Budweiser said they were they were going to forego an ad spot. I, I heard. In the yeah, movie. yeah. I don't know. I I don't know what that was about. To be honest with you, it, it was early in the game. They kind of snuck it in. Yeah, there was, that, that was. It was interesting though because there really weren't a lot of beer commercials overall. Not really. Even I guess from they, the other it, brands. It, it, there was a lot of. I think there were. A, there, I mean, obviously, a lot of belt tightening from the larger the larger companies due to COVID. So it gave, it gave some other smaller opportunities, smaller companies got opportunities to present their brands, which was kind of cool. The indeed commercial, I will say that was uh, one of the like serious commercials that I actually did like. I thought that was pretty cool where it's like, we are the, you know, the, the first jobbers, the last jobbers, the, all that, that was a good commercial. I thought that was well done, but it was hopeful at least. Like um, uh, speaking of things that aren't hopeful, Matt, we've got to talk about the Super Bowl prop bets. Uh, obviously, as always, we live tweeted the Super Bowl. So if you follow us there, you already know who won. But Matt, let's go through each of these bets um, and we'll reveal the winner as we go on. Uh, we're going to do them in uh, order in which they occurred, starting with the coin toss. Now, famously, Matt, you have picked tails. Tails never fails every single year. Except for this year. This year, you decided to mix it up. Choose heads. And wouldn't you know it, of course, heads is the winner. Uh, and you got it. a point for that. Yes. this I, I felt like something different needed to be done. A change needed to be made. And uh worked out. Worked out in my favor, I guess. Now, do you think you're going to go back to Tails next year? Or is it a little too early to say for sure? Definitely too too early to call, and I don't want to commit either way just yet. But let's just say uh, I now know that tails sometimes fails. I think we knew that before, Matt. But okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, next up was the national anthem. Uh, as we mentioned before, we had two singers this year. National anthem is usually around the two to two ten mark. Uh, I said one fifty nine. You said two eighteen. And Matt, you were almost spot on. It was two. My unofficial count was two seventeen. Uh, definitely much closer than I was. You got the point there as well. Two quick points. Uh, I will say major kudos to you, Matt, because I think you were right. Your sort of, I don't, I'm paraphrasing here, but your strategy was that two singers means more time. Uh, and my strategy was two singers means less time, uh, because they're actually going to try and streamline it. And boy, was I wrong. This was a long anthem. Um, and you really nailed it. Longest one in recent memory. I yes. think. 
Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely. Um, great choice there. Uh, next up, the primary color of Pat Mahomes' headband. I said red, you said black, and Matt, neither of us got a point. It was white. It was white. Yeah, you know what? Looking back, I, I, I it was a really bold, risky bet to say black because uh, the black is not a team color of the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Um, I think he's worn black before, but it is I, rare. I, definitely, I feel like I've seen him wear it before, and I thought yep. maybe it was like a, I don't know, might have been like, I, I thought maybe it was like a statement he could have been making, like, you know, like Black Lives Matter. I know he's very active in the movement, so maybe I thought there was a chance, but no, the uh, the headband of choice was, of course, white. He wore a white, white. headband. Yeah, I was getting frustrated on the broadcast because for the a lot of the first quarter, they all the shots were him with his helmet on, and I was like, "What color's the damn headband?" And then finally, they <laughs> finally they showed him without it. So white there, uh, Matt. In a very uninteresting result, uh, we picked the jersey number of the first person to score. Would it be even, or would it be odd? Uh, we both said odd, uh, which doesn't leave much drama. Turns out we were both correct. Uh, it was odd. Um, the uh, first points were by, I believe, uh, yes, Harrison Bucker, the Butker. kicker for the uh, Kansas State Chiefs, who scored with a 49-yard field goal. And I believe his jersey number is seven, but I got to double check. Butker. Yes. Butker. Mm -hmm. Harrison Butker. Harry, Harry Butker. Harry Butker. Uh, so we both got a point for that. Uh, so, Matt, at this time, we're before the halftime show, and the score is a very distressing three to one. I don't feel good at this point. I'm very concerned. Um, especially because in past years, the halftime set list we've always tied on. Every single year we've tied on it. So I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to get points to make up the difference. Then we get to the halftime. So, Matt, the full set in the accurate order, Starboy, The Hills, Can't Feel My Face, Feel It Come and Save Your Tears, Earned It, House of Balloons, Blinding Lights. Uh, with that, you got all three of your picks, Blinding Lights, Save Your Tears, Can't Feel My Face. I only got one, Starboy. So you actually won this three to one, putting you up a devastating six to two following halftime. Yeah, that was that was very unexpected. I'll say that was uh, felt good. <laughs> it definitely felt good, but it was totally not the direction I thought. I, as soon as I as I heard Starboy, the first song, I was like, oh, Sean has a chance to come back here. He's going to build, build on a, uh, a comeback. But um, that was your mistake, really, though, for letting me pick first, because we knew Blinding Lights was going to be on there. There was no way it wasn't. And I, I just I just wish I knew anything about the weekend's music before we picked, because in retrospect, now that I know what these songs are, I'm like, well, of course he played those. But going into it, I was like, I just looked at the charts to see what was number one, but not what was more recent or anything. So it was a total, total flop on my part. Although we didn't get the uh, Chadwick Boseman tri tribute like we, we were talking about. We thought That's he was right. going to do um, Pray For Me which would have been a really cool. But also that's not his style. Now that I've watched a lot of his performance, I don't think that's his style. So again, it was just uh, kids always do your research. That's a lesson you can learn from this show. Do your research. Uh, don't guess wildly. Um, 
Now, Matt, we got two bets coming out of the halftime set list. The first is the number of accepted penalties throughout the game. I said 11, you said eight. And Matt, this was the only one where I really kind of, I kicked some ass on this one because I believe I'd have to pull up the Twitter account to see exactly when it was. But like at the half, it was almost, it was like way over eight. Uh, you didn't have a chance. They ended up with 15 accepted penalties. I took the point on that one. Uh, but that's what happens with a defensive game. The majority of those, I believe that's another one I have to see if I can track down the exact st statistic for, but uh, 11 of those were on Kansas City and only four on um, the Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean, this was just an extraordinarily, uh, I guess, uh, heavily heavily penalized game. <laughs> a lot of penalties in this game. Oh, yeah, way above recent Super Bowls, for sure. Which um, I, I usually, your thinking is that the referees tend to call fewer penalties in the Super Bowl because they, they want to have less impact over the, re the result of the game. It's not like anything like, you know, like the NFC championship or anything like that, you know. Well, and I, I'm not here to pat myself on the back, but I did say that if the Bucks defense comes to play, there are going to be a lot of penalties because they're going to get a lot of offsides. They're going to get a lot of holding. They're going to get a lot of uh, of those little ticky tacky penalties on Kansas City, which is exactly what ended up happening. So exactly one good call I had all day. Uh, which catches me up a little bit. The next one, winning margin by five points or more. I said more. You said fewer, Matt. Um, and I took the point here for it being a blowout. Uh, two back-to-back -back points for me bringing the score to uh, six to four. Yep, this is this was the closest we uh, ever got, right? To this in this match. In this match, yes, indeed, and the closest we will ever get, because that's the last point I will score. <laughs> <laughs> Um, next up, the color of the Gatorade. We've done this one over the years. Only once have we gotten it right. And this year, Matt, once again, we absolutely blew it. I said clear. You said no Gatorade dump. They didn't actually televise the Gatorade dump, which I, was I, annoying. I, yeah, I was, I was, I was paying attention to that. And I was like, did I, did I get that right? Is there, was there actually no Gatorade? Um, but then of course, uh, we found out later on that the Gatorade color was blue. Buccaneers blue, blue which is weird because their colors I don't know why it's blue it's very weird their colors aren't I blue I don't think there's any rhyme or reason Sean I don't I, I just think it might maybe it's just the favorite Gatorade of the team maybe that's I, the kind of Gatorade Tom Brady likes I, we've seen the Patriots use blue before maybe I mean it's you know we talked last week about how historically the sort of more colored Gatorades have rarely been used it's mostly been clear or orange um, and the fact it was blue was absolutely I don't think any of us could have really predicted that uh, I'll tell you Matt the first thing I did after they didn't televise it was I went right on Twitter and I searched Gatorade and would you know what the first couple of results were the photo of, of them dumping the blue. So no points for either of us there. Uh, and then we get down to the winner of the final score in the MVP mat. Now, as we mentioned last time, you've picked the Super Bowl winner every single year we've done this. Your streak remains alive as you picked the Bucks and I picked the Chiefs. You'll pick up a point there. Congratulations. Though neither of us were, were very close on the score. We both thought it was going to be a three-point game. Um, and it wasn't, so nobody got points. And of course, uh, you picked Tom Brady to be MVP. You got a point there. The final score 
the biggest margin of defeat in the history of our Super Bowl prop bets, eight to four, Matt, you are the Super Bowl 55 prop bets challenge winner. Thank you, Sean. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very kind of very scared that I, I, I've been so successful in this. This is not a, this is making me every year. I wonder, is this the year I should become a compulsive gambler? Should There's I a take, lot of pressure to get it right next year. There is, there really is. This is uh this is the, the streak must be kept alive. So I'll start practicing. I'll start uh, working out, maybe doing some penny stocks and, uh, simple card tricks in the off season. And then I'll work my way up to uh, predicting for next year. It's an incredible streak. Um, the first time Tom Brady has been an MVP in one of these Super Bowl challenges we've done, um, though not the first Patriots win uh, or the, well, not his first win. Um, yeah. Very exciting. The, the biggest margin of victory we've had in a Super Bowl on, uh, on this competition. I, reason, I I thought there was a reasonable case for Gronk. I know that he was his name was thrown around a lot to make Gronkowski the uh, the MVP. The, what's so uh, hard? Was, it should have been the defense. It should have been the defense. But it's so hard because you know, like the yeah. year Von Miller won it. It's like you have to be such a standout on the defense because all the player. It's not like where you have a quarterback, such a signature player on the defense. Yeah, you blend in. You definitely as, as a defensive player, you're more part of a unit. You're less Frankly, visible. You're I, think, mm-hmm. I think they should have done the wild thing, given it to Pat Mahomes. I would have been fine with that. Uh, you know, like it would have been interesting. I think it would have definitely caused some controversy with Kansas City not being the winning the winning team. I, I could see a case for it. I, I don't think the numbers line up. I don't think the numbers match up with your theory. But he, he visually, he he tried the hardest. So I, if, you, if there was an award for hardest try, best trier on the team, best effort, A for effort, I would have given it to Pat Mahomes. So, but how about this, man? I mean, 200, these are Pat Mahomes' stat line for the game, okay? 270 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Not great, but... Um, I think he got yeah, more yards than Brady. He did. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, but he threw 49 passes, which is a lot. Um, in a game, and and yeah, his completion percentage wasn't good, but I don't know. I'm sure there's some bullshit statistic you could make up that that <laughs> make it make sense. I mean, he had a quarterback rating of 50, which is kind of pretty bad. It, it a lot of it was on his receivers, and and they they did not make the catches that they they should have made, and in the right spots, and but, penalties were a big factor as well because I think that got into their heads a lot. So I, I, I'm totally with you. Mahomes gave an incredible effort that was very beyond commendable. And if there were if there was an award for hardest trier, a uh, player that was tried the hardest but didn't win, uh, obviously Mahomes would be would be the winner. He'd be the recipient there. Matt, there is no try, only do. So um, it wasn't enough. And uh, no, it's, and again, when you do think of most valuable player, like would they be in the Super Bowl? Regardless of how he played in the game, would they be in the Super Bowl without Tom Brady? Probably not. So I guess he is the most valuable. Yeah, literally, literally the most valuable. <laughs> like they, they went out and bought him and purchased him 
and he led them to a Super Bowl. But you know, I, I think they don't they don't make it there without Tom Brady. Plain at, and simple. At this you point, know? how do you make the argument for any other? I mean, he's the greatest player of all time. I mean, I I don't know how you can possibly make an argument, even if you hate the guy, even st- just statistically. I don't know how you can say someone else is better. No, you can't. You just totally can't. I think that's that's pretty much uh, indisputable at this Although point. I did, I did see a joke. Steve Kerr was joking with Tom Brady that he only needs two more to catch up to Steve Kerr, um, who's won both as a player and as a coach, so who has more championships than Brady. So that's kind of, he's ribbing him a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I just I it's it's. I'm a big data like stats kind of guy and, and looking at the numbers. And, and if you look at the numbers of, I mean, I, I love looking at that, that lead list. It always makes me laugh of the um, uh, previous, I think the previous two decades teams winning the Super Bowl and Tom Brady winning yep. the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady is now seven, um, seven Super Bowl wins, not seven and Oh, he's seven and two, seven, yeah, three, seven and, seven and seven three. And three. Right, he lost to the Giants twice, lost to the Eagles. Am I missing anybody in there? Nope, that's it. No, yeah, so seven and two, and then you have teams like you know that have, that haven't won at all. Like uh, uh, even even the um, even the Patriots themselves, the team that Tom Brady was on, has a a less impressive record than than the man himself. It's unreal. Well, he, Matt, here's a fun little trivia challenge I just made up because you know I like to do that. Can you name every team Tom Brady has beaten in the Super Bowl? I bet I could I could give it a shot. You okay. want me to do the live on the show? Yeah. No, I want Bro, you to do it later when nobody's listening. I I, I always I'm always I'm always down for a live challenge and my hands in the air. I'm not looking this up. So here we go. We've got uh let's see. If it's Starting easier, do them in order, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it is easier to do him in order. I don't know if I'm going to go that route, but I'm going to try. Uh, he beat the his first one was against the Rams, right? That's right. It's the greatest show on turf. 2002. Yep. Okay. Um, he beat. I know he beat the Eagles, McNabb and the Eagles. That is correct. Um, in, but that, and I don't remember that year. But you're you're flipping those two back to back Super Bowls. He they beat the Eagles in the second of the back to backs. So that was, was that his first win? No, so it was, so, it was the Rams. Then they right. missed a year. That was the year the Bucks won. And then the following year was a team. And then after that was the Eagles. Okay, so the beating the Rams was in two thousand one, right? No, it was it was the O one season, but the Super Bowl 01. was in O two. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So then the Bucks the the Bucks were in it. Um, skipped the year, beat the Eagles. No, it was uh, a team, and then the Eagles. Oh, there's another team. I see what you're saying. There's a yes. team in between. Okay. Was it Carolina? It Panthers? was Carolina. Very good. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, yep. So, okay. So Rams, Panthers, Eagles. Yep. Skip, uh, a, skip a number. couple losses. couple losses. And then we got to – the next one we got to go to is him in uh, – uh, was it – this is this is now the start of the, the modern Brady era, right? That's right. So it was the, the – the loss to the Giants – First time. Yep. Right? Yep. Then it was he came back and he beat. Nope. I, I, well, see, now I should double check so I don't fuck this up. Double I believe check. both Eagles or both Giants losses were before the next win. Oh, okay. In that case, I think you're right. I think you're right. In that case, it would be uh, his next big one was against. 
was it Seattle? Uh, one? The next one was against Seattle. I'm going to eventually. All right. So then it then it's easy after that. Then it's Seattle, and it's Atlanta. That's right. The next year. Yep. Then so the Seattle victory was in 2015. Uh, the Seattle one was in 2014. 2014. Okay. Yep. Uh, Atlanta was in 26 2017. No, 2016. 2016. Okay. Um. Oh, I see. We're on. We're on a different link because you're doing the season and I'm doing the year that no, the Super Bowl was. Right. Yeah, because the Super was the 2017 Super Bowl, but it was the 2016 season. That's right. That's we're on a different. We're on a different like metric and standard. Very confusing. System. Yeah. All right. So he beat he beat the Seahawks. He beat the Falcons. He beat the. Um, or he lost to the Eagles. Right. Beat the Rams. That's right beat the chiefs that's right very good matt there you go mm-hmm. long history of tom brady very, I, very... Didn't get any in there. I guess yeah no you got them all you got them all seven yeah. wins and three losses he, he says he's gonna be back next year sean he said he's gonna come back and this he's is gonna be a good team it's gonna be a good <laughs> team they could win again <laughs> next year how crazy would that be it is um I, I don't even I, I didn't look at the contracts those players have. Are they going to be like a uh, to me it was just a bunch of really expensive dudes that Tampa Bay shelled out a bunch of money to, to buy. But I didn't uh, realize like did they did they ink long term deals? I thought it was like a year or two. The offense is a little more veterany. A lot of those good defensive guys they drafted, um, and so from what I've read, they've got one or two players to lock up, but otherwise they're going to be fine. Yeah. So they definitely I can't he was gonna be back. I thought for sure he was gonna say this is it. Nope. I I this man it's not gonna be like a Peyton Manning thing where he goes out on top. He's gonna play until he's done playing. If that means after a Super Bowl, if that means after a no win season, I don't think he cares. I think he's gonna play until he really st- he doesn't suck. I mean, if I were still good and making do you know that so when you get to be that age, you the contracts they write you tend to be uh incentive laden where they don't pay you a lot up front, but if you win conference titles and Super Bowls, he made half a million dollars just for winning the Super Bowl. So this guy, he's got incentive to go out and win. Yeah. So more power to him. I, I Look, I, I, is he the greatest guy in the world? No. You cannot deny his greatness. He will continue to be great until he's not. But whatever. Don't Don't hate the player, hate the game. I don't know. A lot of people hate the game, for sure. And hate the uh, player. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the, the game itself, uh, the NFL I'm, I'm talking about, uh, this was the lowest-ranked Super Bowl or lowest-viewed Super Bowl in a, in a good long while. I think they, they said the the last season you have to view to have uh, – the last Super Bowl you have to view for, for comparable bad ratings was um, – I think it involved the Detroit Lions, Sean, want to say. It was like a – so like Lions, Lions Steelers Super Bowl or something. Well, you know, it it, it is interesting to me because um, the article. The you, you got to remember, Matt. These are two small market teams. 
right? It's not like you had any sort of like a Los Angeles team or something like that. These are two small market teams. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, I tried to find a list of the most, like a survey or something of the most popular NFL teams um, in the league. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the four least popular teams in the NFL. Uh, yeah, no, that's not surprising at all. Definitely not not surprising at all. Um, I think the uh, they're they're like we said in the last show. This is kind of like the last. Um, this was like the the la- the very last team that if you're asked to name a list of football teams, this is one of the last ones you would name was the Bucks. Yeah. Um, here I found the article. Was from the Athletic called "What Super Bowl 55's Ugly TV Numbers Really Mean." Um, Ooh, that's a good clickbait they, headline. They cited that it, it, yeah, oh, okay. So it was, it was not the Lions. It was the game was in Detroit, mm. but the last time you have to go to view a um, a Super Bowl with a smaller audience broadcasted live on TV was in 2006. Uh, between the Pittsburgh Steelers, which they won, the Steelers beat the Seattle Seahawks 21-10. to 10. That's right, that Matt Hasselbeck. Matt Hasselbeck, and uh, it was just a not very great game. And, and, and to, I, I actually don't really know the reason behind the, the lower, viewer, lower viewership of that Super Bowl, but this was the lowest one since then. Yeah, it's... Look, all uh, there was a chart I read where all sports, the NBA Finals was down like forty percent. The Stanley Cup Finals were down sixty percent. Uh, every single sport is down, so it's it's not just the Super Bowl. Um, but you know, it's weird though because where, what else are people doing? You know, it's like everybody's home now. So, I mean, there are there are all sorts of things I'm sure that affect that number, like streaming. They don't take into account people watching on like, you know streams at home it must be a i don't know i don't know i can't explain it i you know they they say the number to look at is is the household what percentage of households have it tuned rather than the number of viewers and that number doesn't look as bad comparatively i mean it's still down but it's not down as much uh but yeah i think you know i just think it's live events are going to TV is going to continue to see dropping ratings. I don't think you're, I'll be shocked if you ever see a new record set in Super Bowl ratings ever. I don't care if it's the two most popular teams with the most exciting game ever. I don't think you're ever going to break a new record in anything in television ever again. Cause that's just not how people, how people watch TV. That's not the way of the world. Nope. Uh, you know, Matt, we're headed towards the end of this episode. I did want to ask you, did oh, you wait. want to make Yes. Sorry, real quick. Before I no. click out of this article, Sean, I've got a quick hits trivia question for you. Oh Lord. Okay. I uh, sorry to to cut you off there, but I No, this I have is great. To... Do you know, Sean? We talked about that was the uh the the, t- the 2006 Super Bowl being the uh lowest the lower rating um uh, since the current Super Bowl can you name the highest rating Super Bowl, highest rated Super Bowl of the last 10 years? And this is number of viewers? In terms of uh, TV audience, yes. As You mean as like a raw number of people or as a percentage of households? I'm going to go with a it's – a, it's a raw number of people. Okay. How many, For- how, what is the Super Bowl that had the most people – 
tuned in watching. Is the number there in front of you? It is. Okay, can I guess what it is? You can make, yeah, you can make your guess. 116 million? Close. Not far off. It was 114 million. I was going to say, it's probably a little less. Okay, good. I just want to see if I could get that. The highest rated Super Bowl. Which I guess you're very far off because it's 2 million, but also it's. You're, you're well, close. as a percentage, it's close. Uh, as a percentage, very close, yeah. Will you give me two guesses? Of course. Okay. My first guess is the uh, Patriots undefeated season where they lost to the Giants. No, it was not that Super Bowl. Okay. That had $111 million. Okay, okay. Okay. I'm going to say it was the Patriots-Rams right after 9-11 Super Bowl. No, this is only the last 10 years. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's helpful. Uh, the last 10 years. The Giants-Patriots would have been the – that would have been the cutoff. That would have been like the first one on the list. I'm going to say it's Super Bowl 50 with Broncos-Panthers. How'd I do? Um, I'm actually going to give you – that's wrong. It's not that uh, one. Fuck. I'm going to give you one more because the, the game you referenced, Sean, was not in the cutoff. With you oh. specifically, specifically the undefeated oh, season, that was the first time the Giants beat the Patriots in the in Super the Bowl. I, then I'm going gonna to say it was Rams-Patriots because the L.A. market is so huge. No, that was very low actually. That uh, was only $8 million. Is this Sean how you Lee feel or? when I trick quiz you? What? Is this how you feel when I quiz you? This sucks. This is how you feel. This is why I did this whole thing, because I wanted (laughs) wanted to give you a taste of your own. All right. Tell me Uh, how how stupid am I? Sean, it was the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. I'm not surprised. I should have guessed that. Do you know why do you know why I didn't guess that? And this sounds like I'm making an excuse, but I'm not. I really didn't think that was in the last 10 years. I have no concept of time anymore. I knew that game. That game was so huge because <laughs> Patriots are a huge franchise and the Seahawks are a huge franchise. They were very popular at the time. Yes. Damn it. That, uh, was, a, that was the Seahawks were coming off of their smashing, smash mouth 2014 blowout victory over yep. the Denver Broncos. And the Patriots were back after a long time of not being in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. They were coming off a rocking season. There was a lot of hype. Damn. And I knew that game was super huge. Oh, All man, they I feel- had to do was run it in. They just had to literally <sighs> go three yards, hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, and they didn't. But then we would have been robbed of the greatest ending in Super Bowl history. So, you know, yeah. sucks if watching, you're a Seahawks fan. Watching uh, 9-11 truther um, Pete Carroll cry. Is he really a 9-11 truther? Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? I did not know this. He's a big-time 9-11 truther. That's, That's a very true. Pete Carroll. Yes. I'm not surprised, but I am mm-hmm. like, wow. Okay. Big time. He thinks that it was all like the government and stuff. Yeah. He's a, he's a weird he's dude. scary dude, yeah. And that big. team's a weird team. That was a weird – yeah. You had a lot of odd oddballs on there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Well, that was a good. That was a good trivia bit, man. Thank you. Now you can. We can resume with our regularly scheduled programming that I interrupted before. Well, what I was going to offer as we wrap up here is if you wanted to make any predictions for next year's Super Bowl, who who you think could potentially make an appearance in Super Bowl Fifty Six. Um. Gosh, it's it is so. I actually read. I read a little bit of the Vegas line. 
So I know they've already started predicting it, but this is all obviously before the offseason has even really begun. And teams are going to make trades and players are going to get caught and there's going to be a lot of... Uh, and bigger moves this year than ever... Bigger moves this year than ever before. You look at some of these massive Matthew Stafford going to L.A. Carson Wentz is probably on the move. Who knows what's going on with Deshaun yeah. Watson? Uh, you got the Patriots at Cam Newton, big question mark. There's a Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers is a big question mark. There's going to be a huge change between now and the start of the season. ton of teams are, are clamoring for quarterbacks, and it's always fun watching quarterbacks get shuffled around. So um, off the top of my head, just based on how the teams look right now on February 11th, 2021, I'm going to say the Super Bowl will probably be exactly the same as it. No, no, it's not going to be the same. (laughs) Hey, Uh, that would be pretty funny. I think there's a pretty good chance of the Bucs making it again. I think that would probably be my my pick for NFC would be either the Bucs or the Packers. Um, And I I think I'd have to give the edge to the Bucs because there's, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not getting any, any, any older, any younger, I mean. And uh, he he doesn't he doesn't seem to have the same ageless magic as uh, Tom Brady does, so I'll probably give the edge there to the to the Bucks. So my NFC pick is Tampa Bay, and my AFC team is the Buffalo Bills. Sean, let's see what? a Bills let's see a Bills Bucks Super Bowl. Bills Bucks. It'll either be the Bills or the Browns. I then I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say the, the Bills. I think they're gonna they really they really came very close to to clinching the whole thing. And I, I don't see them losing any momentum, and I don't, I don't see them losing any big players. So I think Bill's Bucks is my prediction for next year. Damn, that's a that's a bold choice. And, if, and you know I will be – I will have a dog in that fight, and I will be going hard for Buffalo in that. I think all of America will be going hard for <laughs> Buffalo, I have to imagine. Yes. I don't um, know if I would lay a table on fire and jump into it, <laughs> but I, would, I will be rooting for Buffalo, and I might even buy some merch. Might even buy that some would be gear. good. They need our support. Uh, no, I, my pick, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna go. A little, I'm gonna go a little wild here for the NFC. I like LA with Matt Stafford. I think that is a because they're not a bad team. Jared Goff is just inconsistent. The coaching is strong and the players are good. And I think Matt Stafford's been underrated because of how bad Detroit's been. I think I'm gonna pick the Rams from the NFC and for the AFC I'm taking the Chiefs again they've got all their players locked down nobody's going anywhere they only lost the Super Bowl to the number one defense in the league um, there's no reason to think they can't do it again so I'm going to go Rams Chiefs alright so we, we both retained uh, our our current picks for uh, uh, to be to make a repeat appearance now what do you think will win Oh, and a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl? I think the Chiefs. I mean, I really they're really the best team in the league. And unless something crazy happens in the offseason, there's no reason to think they won't continue to be the best team. I mean, you think about it. This is a team that over the last couple of years was in the AFC Championship game, then in the Super Bowl and won it, then in the Super Bowl and lost it. So I, I, I just I, – who, who else in the AFC are you really – I mean, the Bills are good, but I, Mahomes is better than Josh Allen. I'm sorry. He just is. Um, he's got better receivers and, you know, it's only the, the chief's offense that, uh, defense that's a little questionable. So I would love the bills. I think that'd be fun, but uh, I just don't know if they can, if they, I'm going to tell you, I think by goat 
goat in the bad way, my goat team, uh, I do not understand the Baltimore Ravens. I do not understand that team. I'm like, I don't know if they're supposed to be good or they're supposed to be bad. Yeah, they're they're really. So I, I, think, I think they've been they've just been overrated. I think that's just as, as simple as. I think Harbaugh's got to go. I think it's a coaching yeah. problem. He's been there too long. I think so. I agree with you. I, I agree uh, with you on that. I think Lamar Jackson's incredibly talented. I, and I think they have good players. That's what's crazy. It's like on paper they should win more games. He's a, he's a quality quarterback, um, but I think they've just they've just been out they've been outmatched every every big matchup they've they've been in they've kind of uh, pooped their pants so to speak. Well, I'm telling you, one more year and it's going to be like Deshaun Watson where Lamar Jackson's going to beg for a trade out of there. I'm telling you, he's too good for that team. Yeah, uh, it's 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 on the horizon. I think. I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of turmoil in that organization that oof. we don't see. Well, I mean, like I said, give the Chiefs credit. They got Patrick Mahomes, who's an awesome quarterback. They also built a really good team around him: Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I mean, they really surrounded him with great weapons. Like Josh Allen is great, but until they got Stephon Diggs, they weren't a good team. So. Um, anyway, Something for the bills is I think they've, they've got, they've got one of the paths of least resistance. I right. think that they will, I think they can, they can handily win that division. I think they can, uh, they'll earn themselves a buy, which helps a lot as we saw, as we've, we've always seen. Uh, I think that they can, they can progress through the, the, um, through the, uh, postseason much, much more handily than, than other teams can. I think you could probably make the same case for the Chiefs, too, and for the Rams. Yeah. I, I, I You know, it's going to be a fun year in the NFL next year. I really do feel that way. I feel like between the, the draft, I think between – I mean, God, in a world of a million storylines, just think Joe Burrow was out for – with Cincinnati was half the year with a blown ACL. Who knows? They could come and be a great team next year. I mean, it's just oh, there, sure. there's just so many things going on. It's Carson Wentz and what are the Eagles doing with Jalen Hurts? It's like Dak Prescott coming back after being gone for an entire season with right. injury on the franchise tag. I mean, it's it's going to be Justin Herbert, rookie of the year. I mean, Anything it didn't happen. Anything it's going to be happen. fun. And what we will know, though, for sure, is that the Jets will still be terrible. That they will. They're going to draft a quarterback high, and they're going to suck. Um, like, like death and taxes, it is a certainty. <laughs> the Jets will be bad. Oh, boy. And then that and the Arizona Cardinals will fool us into thinking they're going to be good. I feel yeah. like I fall for that every year where they've got Kyler Murray. They've got uh, Larry Fitzgerald. They look good in the first couple of games, and you're like, why did I think they were going to be they're good? They're like, ah, made you watch. We're uh, bad. I actually, I, I quite enjoyed the collapse of the Las Vegas uh, Raiders this year. Oh, sure. Yeah, they're going to be weird. Pretty, pretty monumental collapse. Very weird, yes. Um, and then, of course, the, the, the tanking narrative of the Jacksonville Jaguars, how they got in that tanking battle with the Jets and, and narrowly lost it and then won it. That was... A lot, of, a lot of really interesting storylines in the NFL right now. It's going to be wild. And Matt, the good news is we're going to talk about none of that on the show because we're not an NFL show. We're done. No more NFL till next Super Bowl. We're done. But Matt, we can tease. We're only a couple weeks away from March Madness. That's right. Are you as we excited are. as I am? I'm excited. I've, I've already started making plans. No spoilers so far, but... Oh, I love the surprise. Like clockwork. Super Bowl show happens. March Madness is right around the corner. And what will we do between now and March Madness? 
I don't know because Matt and I haven't talked about it, but we're going to have some great shows, so you're going to want to come back um, for sure. UpforDebate.tv is our website. Check us out there. Of course, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and the video version is on YouTube. And, of course, you can follow us at UpforDebateTV on uh, Twitter, and UpforDebateTV at gmail.com is the email address. You can hook up with us there. We're going to end it here. Super Bowl 55 is in the books. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. Always a pleasure. We'll see you next time for another great episode of Up for Debate. Up for Hot Teams. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.